Hello, everybody. Welcome to a special episode of Hawkeye Talk with Jimmy Hawk. It's season two, episode 21. And why is it a special episode? It's because our number three Iowa Hawkeyes took down the number four ranked Penn State Nittany Lions on Saturday at Kinnick Stadium. I live about five hours away, but I traveled to Iowa City to see the game on Saturday. Had a great time tailgating with friends and family and walked into Kinnick Stadium with about as much on the line as I can remember. You could just feel the excitement in the air. The fans were absolutely juiced up for this game. And I watched the replay as well. And before the game, they were showing an aerial view of Kinnick Stadium. Uh, Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt were doing the game. They do a great job. But Gus Johnson, as they were showing Kinnick, said, Kinnick Stadium, Iowa City. Yes, this is heaven. And yes, this is Iowa. Just gave me goosebumps to hear him say that. A great way to kick off that game. Go back and watch it if you if you still have that on your DVR. And you could just tell that the fans were ready for this game well before kickoff. And it was about 81 degrees. The nice thing was a cloud cover came in, so it was a pretty nice day for football. But a bit of a swirling wind, as we see oftentimes in, in Iowa City. We got to our seats a little bit early. We had thought about going to the Fox Big Noon party, but just decided to stick with what we know. And that's just setting up the tent, setting out some chairs. Uh, kicking back with friends and and getting ready for the game. Well, going in, I couldn't believe this. I mean, I said in my last podcast, episode 20, it was going to be Iowa 23, Penn State 20. Now, I'm not going to act like I'm that good. Uh, that's the first one I've gotten even close this year. Uh, I'd be retired or I'd be living on some tropical island right now if I could do that with much regularity. But I think my reasoning was pretty sound here. Two great defenses, so kind of a low-scoring affair. The Hawkeyes have a kicker who's been on point this year, now 92% field goal percentage, making 11 of 12 on the season. He's really a weapon for this offense. I thought both teams would have trouble getting it into the end zone, and the Hawkeyes would be able to run the ball a little bit, get into field goal range, and put up more points, get the three field goals. But uh, also, if you look, if you listen to episode 20, the prior episode, I was pretty worried about Sean Clifford especially his ability to tuck the ball and run. I thought the Hawkeyes had to contain him to win this game, and he started out playing really good football first passing, and then he started tucking it and running and and making plays and getting first downs with his feet. Well, the Iowa Hawkeyes are winning games with great defense and great special teams, and that was true on Saturday also. The Hawkeyes got the ball first and had to punt Torrey Taylor with that pitching wedge inside the five-yard line. And Terry Roberts and Ivory Kelly Martin, those gunners on that punt team, have just been so good this year. I love how those guys lead. I love how they hustle. And I think that's rubbing off on this whole team. And those are a couple of special guys on this team and what's making this team so good. Well, pinning teams back inside their five-yard line really makes it hard for them to run their offense. And the first play of the game from the two-yard line for Penn State was an interception. Clifford was under pressure, made a really bad decision, threw the ball right to Justin Jacobs. Obviously, a little bit of disappointment there that the Hawkeyes didn't punch it into the end zone. You wanted to go up 7-0, but they got the three points early. Penn State was looking really good offensively early in this game. They had a nine-play, 75-yard drive, mostly Sean Clifford on that drive, passing the ball. Hawkeyes had a penalty or two in there that, that helped them as well. And Noah Kane took it in the end zone from two yards out. And 
more Penn State. The Hawkeyes were just struggling offensively, and they continued to look good. Penn State did third and seven. Clifford back to pass. He tucked it, ran for 10 yards in a first down. Again, that's what had me so concerned about Clifford in this game is him running the ball more than passing even. Um, but from the 43-yard line, Clifford threw the ball deep into the end zone, and Jack Kerner was there. What a play. He picked it off for a touchback. Second Clifford interception of the game. Just a huge play to keep Penn State from putting up any points at that point in the game. Uh, Clifford was going to Jahan Dotson, one of the best wide receivers in the Big, K, in the Big Ten, and Kerner beat him to the ball, read the route beautifully. Just a great play by Jack Kerner. Not to be outdone, Spencer Petrus threw a pick on Iowa's second play of the next drive. It was intended for Reganey. He got a hand on it, but he just didn't seem like he'd gotten his head around quickly enough. And, I mean, he needed to have that one right in the breadbasket when you're going across the middle like that, not over his head. So that one was easy tip drill for Penn State. On Spencer, I'm sure he'd like to have that one back. And then four plays later, after the interception, Penn State's in the end zone again. Clifford ran it in from four yards out, dangerous with his feet. The Hawkeyes had to punt after that again, but they did get some decent runs, a couple of six-yard gains, running the ball. Nothing there in the passing game at this point. 14-3, to kind of an uneasy feeling. The Hawkeyes punting again, down, and Penn State went right to work again. But a TD just would have been disastrous, and Clifford found... 22 yards on a third and seven for a first down, down to the Iowa 17-yard line. It was, getting, it was getting a little uncomfortable, but the Hawkeyes were able to hold the Nittany Lions to a field goal, 17-3. to But hey, Jack Campbell had put a clean hit, a big hit on Clifford on a delayed blitz on the last play of that drive, and that was going to be it for Clifford on Saturday. At this point, Petrus is one of nine for 14 yards in the game so far. But this drive really turned things around for the Hawkeyes. Nice job of mixing up the run and pass, getting some nice gainers by Goodson. Ivory Kelly Martin, Potabom, Spencer started feeling it. And 22-yard pass to Regani, nine-yard TD pass to Charlie Jones. All of a sudden, it's 10 to 17. And as fans, we didn't know Clifford was out yet. But when we saw number two come into the game at quarterback, it was go time at Kinnick Stadium. Kinnick Stadium got so loud. I mean, this, this backup quarterback's coming into the game. Very few snaps that he's ever, ever even had. And he has no idea what's going on. He can't hear anything. And the first drive with Daquan Roberson went for minus 16 yards. It included three false start penalties. And you know, that good Penn State punter, he kicked a 55-yarder to keep the Hawkeyes on the other end of the field. And that was it, it for the half. You know, No more scoring, but the Hawkeyes did get that interception by Riley Moss at the 45-yard line and weren't able to convert that to points, which they've been so good at doing this year. And dang, Riley Moss got injured on that play. It looked like he jammed his knee into the ground. Didn't realize he was injured until he started heading to the sideline. And he's not in the two deep for this weekend against Purdue. Terry Roberts is going to get the start. He took over for Riley in the second half of the Penn State game. Did a great job. He has an interception on the season. Um, Kirk Ferentz has called him a starter, another starter at cornerback. Even though he doesn't start, that's how much faith Kirk Ferentz has in him. So 
you know, looking forward to see what Terry Roberts could do out there. He's such a great special teams player. I'm sure he'll do good on defense as well. The second half started with a punt by each team before Penn State got its only points of the second half on a 44-yard field goal. This was the only drive where Roberson really got some things going, both with his feet and passing the ball. The Hawkeyes followed that up with a huge 48-yard field goal by, by Caleb Shudak. With 2.27 left in the third period, and then after another negative yard drive due to penalties, the Hawkeyes took over at the Penn State 44 with 6.26 left in the fourth quarter. And let's talk about coaching here with Kirk Ferentz. He accepted the chop block call to give Penn State another third down try, but it pushed them all the way back to the 11-yard line, playing that field position game, and it paid off with the Hawkeyes get the ball on the 44 of Penn State. And on the first play, Pet- Petrus rolled right. It looked like Reganey was going to go to the right, but he broke off his route, went left, running wide open towards the pylon. He caught a perfect pass by Petrus, dove into the end zone before the Nittany Lions could get to him, and that was ball game. You know, <laughs> I would like to say to the Hawkeyes, you know, feel free to get a first down or two at the end of the game so you can just kneel on it and, and end the pressure, close out the game instead of punting to have to, to get more stops. I couldn't get calm until the final incomplete pass. Two seconds left in the game, and it was over. But, hey, huge win for the Hawkeyes, and the fans stormed the field to celebrate. The fans deserved to be able to celebrate storming the field, helping Penn State commit eight false start penalties. It was the loudest I can recall Kinnick Stadium being in all the times I've been there. And, you know, maybe just because that was the last game I was at. But I don't know. And there's probably games that have been as loud or close. But, boy, was it loud at Kinnick Stadium on Saturday. The strange fact of the day is the Hawkeyes are tied for fourth in the nation in the total number of punts in college football. Company in that top 10 is not good, and I think Iowa is the only team with a winning record. But that can happen because the Hawkeyes are number one in the nation in takeaways with 20 interceptions with 16. 80 interceptions since 2017 is the most of any team. The Hawkeyes have the fourth best scoring defense, eighth best in total defense, and rank third in passing efficiency defense, 11th in rushing defense. Now, 28 straight games holding opponents under 25 points. So basically, Iowa is just really good at defense. And then you add in the special teams to that. Torrey Taylor with an amazing six punts inside the 12-yard line, three inside the three-yard line. Talk about backing a team up and putting their backs against the wall. The Hawkeyes have a team. You also have a kicker who is doing such a great job with both kickoffs and making field goals, extra points. The Hawkeyes do need to get that offense rolling better, and I think they'll continue to improve as the season goes on. That offensive line just needs to continue to work, continue to get better each week. We've got a bye week coming up after Purdue, so they're just going to continue to get better and better. And Spencer Petras, he's doing some good things back there behind center. I saw a stat that Iowa has given up 14 sacks and 48 tackles for loss in six games. That is the sixth most in the nation and the most of a Kirk Ferentz team ever after six games. So there's a lot of things that offensive line needs to clean up. And uh, as long as they keep winning, that's okay. And, And they'll just keep getting better every week. 
But it was two great de- defenses facing off on Saturday. Iowa had 305 total yards of offense with 195 in the air, 110 on the ground. Penn State had 287 total yards, 180 passing, 107 on the ground. Pretty even there. Eight false start penalties, partially due to the crazy Kinnick Stadium crowd. Way to go, Hawkeye fans. And 10 overall for Penn State. Hawkeyes had four penalties. Iowa just one turnover. Penn State had four. Uh, Iowa had the ball for 36 minutes to 24 for Penn State. And the Hawkeyes usually win those games where they have the ball, they keep running it, keep grinding it out, and just wear wear down their opponent's defense. Clifford was 15 of 25 for 146 yards, two interceptions. His backup, Roberson, just 7 of 21, a meager 33%, 34 yards, two interceptions as well. Leading rusher was Clifford. He just had three carries, and he was the leading rusher. Next was the running back, Lee. Uh, He had just three more yards than the backup quarterback, Roberson. So Penn State just doesn't have an elite back like they have in, in a lot of past years, and that's one thing that's holding them back this year. Well, Jahan Dotson, he was the guy to watch in the receiving core. He had eight catches, but just 48 yards, so a really nice job of containing him. Didn't really hurt the Hawkeyes too bad on defense. 11 tackles for loss, three sacks for Penn State. Uh, they were just blitzing and blitzing. Defensive end, Ebekadi had 3.5 tackles for loss, one sack. Linebacker Ellis Brooks, 14 tackles. And punting the ball, Stout for Penn State, he's pretty impressive. He had five punts for a total of 50.4-yard average. He was under pressure, you know, being backed up by his goal line so many times. And I, I understand, I want to address this booing thing about injuries. I understand the fans booing the fake injuries by Penn State players. I don't condone fans ever booing a player when they're injured, but when a player is acting like he's injured and everybody in the whole stadium knows that he isn't that seems like something you can boo and if there was one or two um, who did get booed but were really hurt that that blame goes squarely on James Franklin's shoulders he's the one that was doing this that was his strategy he's one of my least favorite coaches in college football you know there are people that are complaining about Hawkeye fans now but I've been to countless games there's only one other time something like this happened and it, it, it was just another bad guy. It was Mark D'Antonio, Michigan State, and he had defenders going down with fake injuries as the Hawkeyes were mounting a comeback from, from a big deficit. And he wanted to slow the Hawkeyes down. And James Franklin had his guys going down after the Hawkeyes made a big play to stop the momentum. It's a really strange thing, but it happened every time. After a big play, one of his guys would just fall down with nobody touching him. Um, get carted off the field. They'd sit a play like they have to, and then they'd come right back in. Gave his defense some time to rest and get ready defensively. It's just a dirty, dirty thing to do. Um, it was so obvious if you were at the game. Even Joel Klatt on the broadcast, he mentioned it. He could. He thought they were faking it. And James Franklin complained about it. He had the gall to complain about fans booing in his post-game interview. Just appalling that he would pretend like this wasn't part of his plan. And Kirk called him out on his Tuesday press conference. I love it this new version of Kirk Ferentz where he doesn't have a filter anymore. It was awesome, and hopefully uh, they have some good tape to send to the Big Ten office just to kind of show those guys falling down without even being hit and, and that some people are using this strategy today. When you look at Spencer Petrus, uh, he did not have his best game. You know, there were some drops also here, but he was under pressure much of the game. 
The Nittany Lions were blitzing on most plays. He led a rally down 17-3 to to get Iowa its 12th straight win. He was 17-32 of 32 in the game, 195 yards after starting one of nine passing, so 16-23 to 23 to end the game. Two TDs, one interception, three for five for 88 yards in the fourth quarter. So great, great job just sticking with it and, and doing what he usually does is coming through in the end. And T. Good had 25 carries, 88 yards, just a 3.5 average, but he was grinding it out. He had a long of 20, IKM, five for 15. Regani had the game-winning catch, four catches, four, 73 yards in total, followed by Keegan Johnson with two catches for 45 yards. And what a play he made. That catch, uh, he broke a couple of tackles, got down inside the 10-yard line. Man, Keegan Johnson is going to be a fun Hawkeye to watch for many years to come. It was nice to see Luke Lachey step up. He had a couple nice grabs in this game, the, the big tight end. Well, Jake Campbell, he put the hit on Clifford that put him out of the game. Led the team with nine tackles. Deontay Craig had the only sack. Uh, he's backup defensive end. He was getting into the backfield, as were a lot of Hawkeye defenders in this game. Only two tackles for loss, but they were pressuring the quarterbacks. And, you know, interceptions from Moss, Hankins, Kerner, and Jacobs. Jacobs' first pick as a Hawkeye. Riley Moss and Matt Hankins are the two highest-graded cornerbacks in all of college football. For pro football focus, they're both graded around 90, which is just unbelievable. Um, we're just lucky to have those guys. Caleb Shudak, 3 of 3 on field goals, along of 48. He has proven to be so valuable, and so is Torrey Taylor. Nine punts, 44.2 average, which is below his average on the season, but six kicks inside the 12 in total, three of those inside the three-yard line. Wow, what a weapon at punter when you can back offenses back to their, their two, three, one-yard line. Well, there are five Big Ten teams in the top ten. The Hawkeyes are the only team from the Big Ten West. The East has the usual teams plus Michigan State, who is still undefeated. Uh, Iowa won't play any more of those teams unless they make it to the Big Ten championship game, which I expect to happen at this point. But there are a lot of games left to play. Next up, is Purdue, and Iowa has lost to Purdue in three of the last four contests. The Purdue Boilermakers are 3-2 and two and coming off a of bye week. They started the season with a win over the now 4-2 and two Oregon State Beavers in West Lafayette with a score of 30-21. to 21. Followed that up with a 49-0 win over the hapless 0-7 UConn Huskies. They actually played Notre Dame pretty close as well before falling 27-13, then edged Illinois 13-9 and lost Minnesota 20-13. So that's 13 points scored in each of the last three games. And they really only have put up many points against a Pac-10 team where there's not a whole lot of defense. And then that really bad UConn team where they gave up, uh, they put up 49 points. So defensively, however, they look good on paper. Iowa is ninth ranked in the NCAA in total defense. Purdue is 15th. Even better than Penn State is uh, ranked, but... They definitely don't have the same type of guys that Penn State has. They haven't played the same schedule that Penn State has either. Purdue only has seven sacks in five games and two interceptions, but their safeties make a lot of tackles, and they have a good trio of linebackers. And then the big defensive end, Karloftis, he's a good rusher of the quarterback, and he's a local guy from West Lafayette. Passing the ball, well, it started out as Jake Plummer. He has 118 attempts, 840 yards, almost 70% completion rate. 
And then Aiden O'Connell has been under center recently. He has 100 attempts, 743 yards, and a 66% completion rate. The rushing attempts have been split by three guys, but Horvath is the one that really hurt the Hawkeyes last year. Uh, man, they could not bring him down. He's a big guy, and he's been out injured, and he's not going to play on Saturday. So they only have two rushing touchdowns on the season. Uh, David Bell has uh, killed the Hawkeyes in the past. He is their leading wide receiver. He has 27 catches, 439 yards, three touchdowns. They also have Milton Wright. He has a couple of TDs on the season. Nice-looking tight end in Durham who has three touchdowns on the season as well, and he missed the previous game with a concussion but is expected to play on Saturday. But the key is going to be David Bell. You know They can't let him have 13 catches and three touchdowns or whatever he had the last time that Iowa and Purdue played. Uh, for whatever reason, the Hawkeyes couldn't stop him. I think our defense is much better this year, so I think that's going to be a huge factor. Purdue ranks second in the Big Ten. 325 passing yards per game, kind of what you expect of a Purdue offense passing the ball. They're sixth overall with 415 yards per game, but the Boilermakers have trouble putting the ball into the end zone, and they're only averaging 89 yards rushing per game, the lowest of any team in the Big Ten, scoring just under 24 points per game, and that includes that 49-0 blowout over UConn. So number two, Iowa is hosting the Purdue Boilermakers on Duke Slater Field in historic Kinnick Stadium. It's a game on ABC at 2.30 Central Standard Time. For the Hawkeyes, there's a 12-game win streak on the line, the number two ranking, looking to stay undefeated in this race to win the Big Ten West. And the Boilermakers, not very good at at running the ball. Um, The Hawkeyes are going to have to contain David Bell. You know, just as they have other good wide receivers we've seen this year, like Dotson this past week, he had eight catches, but but not a lot of yardage, not not a lot of big plays. Terry Roberts is going to be filling in for Riley Moss. Um, I, I expect him to do a really good job out there. Kirk has said he's like another starter for the Hawkeyes, so he's ready to go. Hopefully, Riley will be back. I think they're expecting him back after the bye week for Wisconsin. Purdue giving up 124 yards rushing per game. The Hawkeyes are going to get 175-plus in this game. Spencer Petras is going to have some big plays down the field. Uh, as you know, Those are going to be opened up by that running game, and I think if the Hawkeyes get the ball on the ground going like I'm expecting, we're going to get some of those big plays, and we keep seeing more and more of those out of this offense. And I I think the Hawkeyes are ready to put together a really big game on the offensive side of the ball. My prediction, though, is the Hawkeyes will win this one 27-13. I'm making the trip back to Kinnick Stadium, back-to-back weeks with the five-hour drive one way. But I had to get back this week with the strange schedule coming up. The Hawkeyes will get a much-needed bye week after the Purdue game. Then it's at Wisconsin, at Northwestern before two rivalry home games against Minnesota and Illinois, then another rivalry game to finish the season on the road at Nebraska. So every one of these teams, you know, the Hawkeyes have a target on their back now, and every one of these teams would like nothing more than to knock off the Hawkeyes. So they're going to have to be locked in. They're going to have to be dialed, dialed in this week. They can't take a week off. So I know Kirk will have these guys prepared. And the Hawkeyes will get the W again this weekend. 
I can't wait to be in Kinnick Stadium and see what happens on Saturday. So let's get this win, Hawkeyes. Keep this train rolling. Go Hawks and beat the Boilers. Thank you.